and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years and have never lost my passion for comic books. It's something I try to pass on to old and new readers. Hello and welcome back to Fantastic Comic Fan. Today is episode 2 for the week of September 29, 2021. Now, while doing a podcast is new, the concept of Fantastic Comic Fan goes back almost three years now. I run an Instagram and Twitter account to spotlight comics, creators, and genres I think should get more attention. However, it truly has been my long-term goal to create a podcast just like this. Speaking of which... You can now listen to Fantastic Comic Fan via Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Podbean, and that's just for right now. There's more to come. I just need to work out some of the logistics and stuff. Now, one of my main concerns is maintaining a balance. Stuff that will interest long-term comic fans with those new to comic books. For example, try not to bore those who know the various mythologies while at the same time not confusing a new person with, oh, the history of Spider-Gwen, or the multiple origins of Power Girl. Now this time around I've included a book review, review on George Perez, and a spotlight on some Western comics this week. While Westerns aren't as popular as in the past, they should be read. There are so many good stories, put together with creators who unfortunately, most people no longer remember. And finally, I'll do an overview of the DC Comics Infinite, which is DC's digital platform for comic books with thousands of comic books on it. Now, please feel free to let me know what you like, dislike, and want more from this podcast. I am here to help you. And you can email me at fantasticcomicfan, all one word, at gmail.com. Now, on to the rest of the podcast. Let's talk about DC Universe Infinite. Despite the clunky name, DC's digital comic service has been around for four years. So, by this point in time, I did expect more in the way of available archived comics. But, I would rather have it than not. I just have a few grumbles is all. For lots of series, key issues are missing, or have considerable gaps in the runs. Take Action Comics, for example. I do like to read on occasion Golden and Silver Age comics. They have the first 105 issues of the original run of Action Comics, but only the Superman stories. Yes, I would like to read some of the early tales of, say, Zatara, whose legacy continues with his daughter Zatanna. Then, from issues 106 through 251, nothing. Okay, big deal. Because how many people read those Golden and Silver Age issues? I get that. But, from 377 through issue 520, only issue 457 of Action appears. What's up with that? Now, going into the 600s, they're missing a few comics here and there. It makes reading for continuity's sake all but impossible. The same thing goes for other essential comics like adventure comics, detective comics, Flash, and Showcase. Now look, I am not one to complain. If I can't say anything good, I tend to say nothing at all. But I did feel it was unfair not to comment on those few minor annoyances and grumbles. Now, one of the huge advantages is the DC community, a vast discussion forum covering all things DC. Lots of participation from fans and regular interaction with moderators who are quick on feedback. Within the community, you'll find book clubs, trivia, polls, community events, and things happening all the time. No other digital service has this perk. 
They had about 25 older issues a month, emphasizing the spooky stuff for Halloween, biting tales from the Witching Hour, Elvira's House of Mystery, and tales from Ghost's Castle. In addition, this year, lots of milestones were added, and some of the holes in Wonder Woman, Action, and Detective were addressed, to name a few. Black Label and Vertical Comics are represented. Recently added was the first run of Sweet Tooth and Why Last Man Standing. New comics are added about six months after release, and there's also early access to some comics like Titans United, Suicide Squad, King Shark, and Hardware Season 1. Costing $7.99 or about $75 a year, it is well worth it for me. Look, I am 100% for going to a comic book shop. But the service does offer a way to sample comics you might want to track down at your own comic shop, or the opportunity to read comics out of your price range, or hard to find through the comic shop. Despite a few grumbles, it is a fantastic service. You really should try it out. I've been a fan of George Perez for almost as long as he's been drawing. Well, almost. But of course, as a 10-year-old, names meant nothing back then. I just loved reading comics and hoping I'd find that next issue at a drugstore or a grocery store. Yeah, once upon a time, there was no comic shops. It was Teen Titans with Marv Wolfman that I started paying attention to creators. By the time of Crisis, Perez was one of my favorite artists. So slap his name on it, I was the first in line to reserve my copy. Now he's made retired, but his legacy will always continue to ripple throughout comics. Recently, I read George Perez, Storyteller by Christopher Lawrence. As a fan, I cannot overstate how much I enjoy this retrospective of his career work as a creator and not just as an artist. At over 200 pages, it is chock full of Perez's work. Throughout the book, you hear things from Perez himself who doesn't gloss over anything. Instead, he admits to his weaknesses and gives you insights not only to his accomplishments, but struggles as a creator. Perez doesn't act like a superstar on a pedestal, but realizes how fortunate he's been in the industry. One minor thing is the book came out in 2006 and his last works, like Legion of Three Worlds, don't get mentioned, but like I said, minor. My only regret is I didn't take the time to read it before now. This book is available in both a physical and a digital format. It is also available for you to read through Comicology's Unlimited plan, which is how I read it. Again, you must check this out if you are a George Perez fan. In the past, I did something called Fantastic Five that I want to add to the podcast from time to time. With the F5, it would spotlight specific comics and creators. Sometimes they did a theme, like this week with the Western comics. Now, Western comics have been around since the beginning of the Golden Age. However, they gained popularity in the late 40s and into the 50s with the many Westerns on television and film. However, by the beginning of the Silver Age, Western comics started to peak and never became a popular genre again. Sure, Westerns still appeared, like the long-running Bronze Age Jonah Hex series, but the Western comics were never the same. Both DC and Marvel have not done a great job archiving their Western comics, but 
many areas still in the public domain. As always, Comic Book Plus remains the place to go, with thousands of comics available free to read or download. So, here's this week's Fantastic Five, and it piques your interest to sample some of these comics. Now, Lee and Kirby, before Thor, the Fantastic Four and Marvel, do make for great reads. But, so often the spotlight falls on the monsters and weird stories and strange tales and tales to astonish, and those types of anthology books. Not much attention or praise is given to the westerns they created. Mistake! Those westerns are just as much fun as any Silver Age comic put out at the time. The first pick is Rawhide Kid 17 from 1960, featuring the first appearance of Johnny Clay as the kid. Why 17? There was another kid from 55 through 57, and honestly, I'm not familiar with why that change happened. I don't sell the character of the series short. The Rawhide Kid lasted for 151 issues right through 1979. He's made appearances throughout the Marvel mythos, including when the Avengers traveled to the Old West. Those early Rawhide Kid comics are pure Kirby and Lee magic. I enjoyed them and wish Marvel made more issues available through Marvel Unlimited. Now, some fans were introduced to Ghost Rider in the 2007 movie with Nicolas Cage or the arc on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s television show. Older fans remember Johnny Blaze from a long-running bronze comic book. Then, of course, there have been other Ghost Riders to appear within the Marvel mythos. However, that wasn't the first Ghost Rider. The original Ghost Rider first appeared in Tim Holt, 11 from 1949, your next pick. This first Ghost Rider became quite popular character. Later, the hero starred in his own horror series until the comic codes changed things. Then, long after publisher Magazine Enterprises folded, Marvel kind of appropriated the character in 1967. As for the Tim Holt comic book itself, that would be Charles John Tim Holt, who starred in nearly 50 RKO westerns throughout the early 50s. These Golden Age westerns remain timeless and always a pleasant diversion from the comics published today. For decades, there was Charleston Comics, which published comics from 1945 through 1986. Admittedly, not all of Charleston's output was stellar. Still, there are quite a few gems, like your next pick, Billy the Kid 50, from June 1965. Now, what makes this comic unique is Penciler, and I'm going to butcher this name and I apologize, Rock Master Serial. One of those golden and silver age artists whose whole body of work gets overlooked because of the sheer volume of comics published over time. His art is stunning. The pages are detailed and steeped in atmosphere. The bulk of his career was spent at Charlton Comics, but he also did some work for other publishers like Avon, Harvey, and Warren Publishing. Do search out the creator and you'll know exactly what I mean. Now your next pick comes from DC with All-Star Western number 1 from 2011. Jonah Hex remains one of DC's best and underserved Western characters. Now in this last revival, Hex travels to Gotham in the time of the Gunslinger days. And yes, it is fun to see Hex in early Gotham. And the latest series lasted for almost three years, which means you can get a nice fix of good old Jonah. Now for your last pick, which comes from an unlikely source. Marvel Comics number one. 
most noted for the introduction of the Human Torch, the Subner, and even Kazar. But tucked away within that first issue is an eight-page story featuring Marvel, Timely's first Western character, Jim Gardley, a.k.a. the Master Raider. He appeared in that title's first 11 issues. Eventually, the character died in 2019 within the pages of Marvel Comics 1000. But we all know how Marvel deaths go. No one truly stays dead except on Blue Ben, so you never know when he might appear again. Well, that's it for this week's Fantastic Five. Now I understand Westerns are not on everyone's radar, but I think they deserve more recognition. As a comics fan, I've always been willing to try new things, and it's my hope you'll check out some of these Western comic books. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you, fantastic comic fan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.